Let me repeat the uh, words from that last song. One of my favorite songs, actually. Uh, some of the new style of hymns that are being written again. But listen to two of those verses. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt of life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Let me repeat one of those phrases. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. We're sitting here on resurrection morning. Let me ask you, do you think it's really possible to live in life with no shame and no fear? No shame for sin, no fear of death. Is it really possible for us today to face our own faults and our own real sins? And is it possible to face death minus shame, minus fear, and minus guilt? Because... The lyrics of the song say, it is. And if that's true, that's something to get a hold of. That changes the way we see life. It changes the way we live life. And better than the lyrics of the song, that is the truth of the Scriptures. On resurrection morning, as we celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the grave, His victory over death, it's important to remember that we, in a significant sense, we were there with Him. Because the Scriptures teach plainly that Jesus' death is our death. And Jesus' burial is our burial. And Jesus' resurrection is our resurrection. And guys, this is the truth that's so meaningful, so foundational, so powerful, that if we can simply get our minds around this even a little bit, it changes the way we see all of life. It changes the way we see ourselves. It changes the way we see others. It removes fear and guilt and shame. And we live life as transformed individuals. Now imagine for a moment, if you will, that you're there that first resurrection morning. And if you had eyes that could see into the dark, perhaps Jesus' body is laid in that tomb. You know there's a rock in front of it, so it would be very dark. And his body has been wrapped up the way Jews did with the grave cloths. And I don't know what it would have looked like. Maybe there would have been a glow. I don't know. But somehow there's a moment at which Jesus' spirit comes back into his body. He was dead. His spirit was gone. His spirit in that moment comes back into his body. And perhaps, the scripture doesn't say, his body somehow simply moves out of those grave cloths. And he takes one of those cloths, as one of the scriptures from John said, and he lays it separately there by itself on the side. 
And maybe as we watch, we could see him take that first resurrection breath because his body's alive again. He breathes again. We see him take that breath. And he stands and he doesn't have to have the stone rolled away for him to get out. He simply moves out of the tomb. The angel will move the stone later so the disciples can look in and see his body is not there. He's gone. But Jesus doesn't need it moved, but he simply passes out of the tomb into the darkness of that resurrection day morning. Life is new. Things have gone on. Now, he has finished his mission. He's finished the mission God gave him on earth, right? He was like the Passover lamb just that Thursday night. He and his disciples had eaten a lamb that had been slaughtered. And they remembered the Exodus when God redeemed Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And just like that Passover lamb, his blood had now been spilled. And like the Passover lamb itself, when it was smeared over the doorposts of that house, it was a place for someone to flee into and escape death. And Jesus has become the Passover lamb. His blood has been slain for us to take refuge under. His death was the full atonement for all of our sins. 1 John 2 says, for the sins of the whole world. So that in Paul's words in Romans, God could be just, righteous, and He could justify us, those who have sins, real sins, real guilt, real shame. And in His resurrection, death itself was conquered. Death itself conquered in Jesus' resurrection. There's another old hymn that puts it this way, The strife is o'er, the battle done. The victory of life is won. The song of triumph has begun. Alleluia, or praise the Lord. So, heaven's champion has taken on God and man's great enemy, sin, Satan, and death, and Jesus has triumphed fully. When Jesus prepared to ascend back to the Father... John 20, 17, he told Mary, hey, don't don't cling to me. Don't hold on to me. I haven't ascended yet. I'm going to. So as he considered ascending back to his Father, back to heaven, what do you think was going through his mind? What, What do you think he anticipated as he thought about going back to see his Father face to face? He'd come down in the incarnation at his Father's will. He'd taken on our humanity became that little baby in Bethlehem. He has fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law. He'd walked as a Jew under the law of God, under the law of Moses. He found and he kept the disciples, the men that he said, God has given you to me and I've kept you. And then he would send them on after his resurrection. He'd done that. He had died on the cross for the sins of the world. And He rose from the dead, conquering sin and death. And and in Himself, in that resurrected body, was the seed, was the genesis of a new race of men and women. And, And actually a new heaven and a new earth, present in seed form, in Jesus' resurrected body. That's all He'd done. So, as He thinks about going back to heaven, do you think Jesus was fearful? Do you think maybe he was anxious? Uh, that maybe he'd get to the courts of heaven and God the Father would say, close but no banana. You know, you need to go back, you need to do that over. Would God the Father find fault with Jesus when he goes back? 
and sees him face to face? Would he in some sense hold him at arm's length? Did Jesus have anything to fear or be apprehensive about as he considered going back to the courts of heaven and seeing his Holy Father again face to face? And what would we say? Not a chance, right? There's not a chance. Because Jesus, God's Son, had come down and He had glorified God the Father by doing everything His Father had asked Him to do. Conquering death was that last thing. So as Jesus on resurrection morning contemplates His return to heaven, seeing His Father, what do you think He anticipates? What do you think He thinks is coming? What will that look like, this journey back home? What will that reception look like or sound like? I think he expected a hero's welcome. And I think he expected and longed for his father's embrace. And I think he knew his father would say, Son, take this seat of honor at my right hand and let me and let the courts of heaven honor you. There's a great passage in Revelation 5 when it talks about the hosts of heaven Myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. And they say with a loud voice together, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive riches and power, wisdom and might, glory and honor and blessing. That's what He's going back to. And He knows it. Resurrection Day morning, His anticipation of heaven, it's all up, it's all glorious, and He can't wait to get there. Jesus on resurrection morning. Let me ask you, if we contemplate life with the potential for fear and guilt, or if we contemplate death, seeing God face to face, what's our anticipation? What's our attitude about facing a perfectly holy, righteous God, the creator of the universe, the king of all that is or could be? What's our thought like when breath leaves our body? in death, and our spirit returns to God who gave it, or, Lord willing, at the blast of a trumpet, when the dead in Christ rise and join those who have already preceded them in death and meet the Lord in the air to be with Him always, as we contemplate that, what should our expectation be? When we think of our sin, or we think of death, or we think of seeing God face to face, What emotions stir in us? And are they like Jesus? The disciple Jesus loved wrote in a letter years after this Resurrection Day morning in 1 John 4. He wrote about love and he wrote a phrase which for me is transformative as I think both about Resurrection Day and our union with Christ. Listen to these words from 1 John 4, 15 through 18, but specifically to a phrase from John in verse 17. John there says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. God abides, lives. God lives in him. And he, in God, he lives in God. We have come to know, we have believed the love which God has for us. The love God has for us. God is love, and the one who lives in love 
lives in God and God lives in him. By this, this acknowledgement of our loving relationship with God, his life in us, his love in us, our lives in him, by this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because... As he is, so also are we in this world. As Christ is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. John says the experience of that full-blown love of God for us and his love in us and our lives in him, they change the way we see life. And they remove fear and doubt. There in verse 18, because God's love has cast out fear. This is supposed to be true of us as believers in Jesus Christ. But listen to verse 17. It tells us why we can experience this love of God and why Jesus' resurrection should transcend our lives into something more meaningful than they were before. The phrase, because as he is, so also are we. As Christ is, so also are we. If you're a grammarian or an English student, these are present indicatives. Jesus is, we are. That means as Jesus is right now, this moment, true when John wrote it, true today, as Jesus is right now, this moment, so also are we right now, this moment, in this life, in this world, right now. As Jesus is, so also are we. Is Jesus the one who died? So also are we. Is Jesus the one who was raised from the dead never to die again? So also are we. Is Jesus loved by God the Father? So also are we. You know, as Christians, when we hear the gospel, it's usually... The theological concept of substitution that we get hold of, someone tells us God loves you. And Jesus died for your sins, for your sins. And so God can forgive your sins in Christ. And that's because Jesus died in our place as our substitute instead of us. And that's a glorious truth. And that's justification. But what we as believers need to get a hold of is something that's called identification. And it's this truth that as Jesus is today, so also are we. Because we were in Him when He died on the cross for the sins of the world. And we were in Him when He was buried in that tomb. And we were in Him and with Him when He stepped out of that tomb in resurrection life on resurrection morning. There's more to know than Jesus died For my sins, I died with Christ. I was buried with Christ. I am risen with Christ right now. Not in the future. It's present tense. It's right now. As He is today, so also are we. John says we have confidence related to judgment because as Jesus is, so also are we. We don't fear death, because as Jesus is, so also are we. 
We look forward to God's wide-open arms to receive us because as Jesus is, so also are we. And we anticipate heroes and heroines welcome home to the courts of heaven because as He is, so also are we. Has Jesus been received into the glory of heaven after His resurrection? Then we have too. Can Jesus be charged with the sins of the world again? They've been atoned for perfectly forever. Hebrews says, by His one singular offering. Atoned forever. Eternal redemption. Can we be charged, perhaps more to the point, can we be charged with the guilt of our sins? How can we, who already died, be charged for the guilt of our sins? We have already died with Christ on the cross. His death was our death. Should we fear seeing the face of the absolutely perfectly holy and righteous God, whether it's at the rapture or if it's at the moment of our death? Absolutely not. Jesus' reception into heaven is our reception into heaven. Just as we were in Adam when he sinned, we were in Christ at his resurrection, and his life is our life. On Resurrection Sunday, or frankly, any, any day of the week, I don't think there's any more transformative truth to lay hold of than this. This phrase, as he is, so also are we. We Christians, for the most part, we live shallow, fearful, guilt-ridden lives. And if we could somehow just open our spiritual eyes just a little bit, to see the riches in glory we already have in Christ, we would live transformed lives. Like Paul, we would turn the world upside down because of the power of Christ in us. You've got some verses on your study sheet there. Paul says in Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that we have Colossians 1, we have in us the hope of glory. It's Christ's life today. We have a perfect, eternal life in us today. We don't have to wait and die and see where we're going. It's ours. It's here today. For us as Christians, as followers of Christ, the resurrection day truth that Jesus rose from the dead is glorious. But for us to get the impact in our lives, of what that means for us, we have to know that we rose with Him. His death was our death. His burial was our burial. His resurrection was our resurrection. And as He is today, loved by God the Father, reveled over, rejoiced in by God the Father, that is God the Father's attitude and heart towards every believer in Jesus Christ. That will change your life. That will get us out of the hole of fear and guilt and shame. And that will put us up on resurrection ground in an entirely new way of seeing life. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ yet, and frankly I hope there's a few of you here, what a great day to trust Christ for eternal life. What a great day to move out of the kingdom of darkness and sin and guilt and shame into a life of joy and gladness and peace and the love of the Father, to simply trust Jesus for our sin and guilt is to join into the very life of Christ himself. To belong to Jesus is to pass out of judgment into life. 
To be in Jesus is to be loved by God the Father today, right now. You don't have to wait for it. And to give up on ourselves and to entrust ourselves to Christ is to gain Christ's status and Christ's standing in heaven. And closing, back to the words of that song, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. This is the resurrected, life-giving power of Christ in believers in Jesus. And having entrusted ourselves to Jesus, it's true of us, as He is, so also are we. This is stupendous. This is life-changing truth. God help us to get a hold of it. Father, on Resurrection Sunday, we thank You so much again that you loved us so fully, you sent the apple of your eye, the one you cherished and loved more than anything else in the universe, your son Jesus, who took on our humanity, Lord, and then took on our guilt and our shame in himself on the cross. And Lord, in the words of the song, rose victoriously from the grave, never to die again. God, would you... Help us as your children, as those in your beloved. God, would you help us to, by faith, lay hold of these truths and to know that we can live without guilt and without shame in life. And that, Father, Jesus' reception into the courts of heaven, into your glorious presence, is our reception. And that, Lord, we have nothing to look forward to but joy and life and pleasures and glory forever in your presence. God, would you honor yourself this resurrection day by bringing others into the glory of your light and the life of your son Jesus. Father, would you help us to leave old thoughts, old patterns, old ways behind? Would you help us live gloriously according to the truth spoken by you, a God who cannot lie, that for those who trust in Christ as He is, so also are we. In Jesus' name, amen.